0: this is harriet here with your weekly episode of squadcast so today i've got a fabulous guest it's kim from pooch's galore she's a behaviourist and specialises in uh, separation anxiety aggression and new puppies really um so we've used her a couple of times we used her initially with duke to try and curb his prey drive he's a tinker he loves chasing squirrels rabbits birds um so we used her first of all for him helped massively she's she was brilliant she just has endless knowledge um, and then when we got Ivy, I asked her to come round before we got her and do a kind of introduction, how we could introduce Ivy to the three chocolates, because obviously they're all related. So I was really worried that they wouldn't accept her into their pack. So she worked wonders then. And then on, more recently, we used her with Apple for her lead aggression Um since lockdown, since her first, um, season as well, it's gotten a lot worse, but, but we used it prior to that, um, to try and make her a bit of a happier dog really. Um, and I've also taken all of mine to her puppy classes, which just sets them up perfectly to be well-rounded sausages. So, She's going to go through loads of stuff, mostly daxon related, but other bits and bobs, useful things that you can apply to most dogs, really. Um, so let's say hello to Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi. Um, so we're going to bombard you today with Daxon questions. Fine. And I'm sure you'll be able to give us loads of insight and knowledge from your end of the behaviorist kind of side of things. So, yeah. Uh, oh. So tell us a bit about you and what you do and your background and things like that.
1: So I started my business, which is Pooch School, about ten over ten years ago now, and I set up. I got made redundant, and I'd always wanted to be a dog trainer. That was my ultimate goal in life. Um, so I got made redundant and I set up a dog walking business and dog training. And then the dog training side got busier and busier and busier and I had a little girl. So I sold the dog walking side. And then, so that was about six years ago now. And the dog training and behaviour side has just completely taken off. Um, in that time, I've got two master's degrees. I've got one in psychology and one in animal behaviour and welfare. Um, and I have a lot I'm a bit of a serial like qualification junkie like I like to get lots of more knowledge um which yeah, I think we is... always
0: see reading <laughs> loads of books and yeah. yeah
1: I am a bit of a geek but I think that's one of the reasons I really like the job as well is because it is one of those jobs where you can never know too much so yeah uh, so I specialize in puppies and I specialize in uh separation anxiety and aggression so I have I train everything but those are kind of my your
0: uh, top
1: Yeah, and it's what I do the most of as well, so um, yeah, so that's what I do, Um, I work about six days a week doing it currently, (laughs) so it's... I know,
0: we always see with all these lovely different pooches and with all sorts of problems, or not, I shouldn't really say problems, but...
1: No, but a lot of them do, so my aim really as a trainer is to work with puppies so that I don't have to see them with behaviour problems later, Um, it's one of those jobs that if if the behaviour side of work for all behaviour is strived up, we'd be quite happy because we don't want dogs to have severe behaviour. Yeah. We want them to be happy. So um, the more we can do with puppies to get them set up in life, the better, really.
0: Yeah. Well, we've been to your puppy classes with a couple of ours and uh, it's been fab. So, but, but Daxons are uh, renowned for being, um, what shall we say, stubborn and, quite noisy
1: um but but why is that why do you think that is well if you think what they were bred for they were bred as hardy little hunters who would go down badger traps or badger set and flush out the badgers so they have to be quite tenacious in that drive they couldn't just do that if they were half-hearted about it like if they're yeah they're all in and stubborn's definitely one word for it, but I just think that they really need motivating. So once you've got the motivator, like liver pate or something, food, <laughs> then then they will do a lot more than I think people give them credit for. Yeah, because they are super clever. Like ours pick yes. things up. Once you once you've got them focused, they they do pick things up super quick. Absolutely, and I think because they're quite single-minded in their pursuit of chasing things Mm. you do have to show them that there are other things that they can do as well because otherwise they will get a bit single-minded yeah yeah I'm going to bark at that dog whether you like it or not but if you can reward them for something else they are quite easy to work with some things are harder than others like getting them to lie down is always one of their we know yes (laughs) (laughs) but you can get them to do it you just I always say to ducks and donors like how important is it that they lie down because if you think it's really important then we'll put all the work in that you want but yeah but generally when their legs are especially the minis if they're only an inch long I think half of it is that they think well I'm already I'm already close there. to the floor yeah um, so how do you
0: think as a breed how do you think their kind of their background in hunting and things like that has influenced their behaviour now, because I know you said they've got to be quite, like you said, tenacious and quite feisty and bold. Um, But obviously uh, nowadays that's maybe not the kind of characteristics that a lot of people look for or realise that adaptions even have.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think some of it is that people see Daxons being carried around, looking super cute, and they don't realise what hard-working dog they actually are at, at the kind of, from what they were bred from. So yes. the things that they have been bred for is digging, barking, having prey drive, and being quite stubborn. So if that's what Sounds you want, very familiar. If that's what you want in a dog, then they're great. but if you really have you know if you have a garden that you're very precious about, that's the breed the, for you, not necessarily the thing that they're gonna that you're gonna want from them. so you have to take into account that they those breed characteristics are gonna come through. They are they are there, and you can't you can train around them, and you can work with them, but you you can't battle them. They're there; they're part of the dog. The dog, yeah. But that's what makes them great dogs. That's what makes them the fun little quirky, fun loving. I agree. You know, I think they're great, but I I do speak to some owners who are getting one, and they're like, "Well, we don't want them to bark very much." And I I say to them, (laughs) "Have you thought this through? Because they're brilliant dogs, but they aren't." generally quite noisy if you get a quiet one it's quite rare so you're lucky yeah yeah exactly so you have to think long term are my neighbors going to complain if if it's a particularly barky dog or are they um or they they might dig the garden and is that going to be an issue um Mm. but they're on the flip side of all of those kind of characteristics that some people might not choose, they are the most loving little animals because they are, they're group animals. They love being around other dogs, in little packs, with their family, and you get that undivided attention from them and that kind yeah. of conditional love. Loyalty. And, Loyalty, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's kind of the payoff with them. They've been bred to have these traits, but they've also been bred to have that loyalty as you say so yeah Yeah. and
0: so what are the I know you've seen loads of dachshunds um even just around like for example the ones that I walk I know you've seen a lot of those for varying issues um, and obviously our gang but what are the main issues or things that you've been kind of asked to help with
1: so from a behavioural point of view, you get a lot of prey drive issues. So they will chase squirrels, they might chase birds, they might chase other dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, because they're such pack animals such, and such loyal to their owners, they do suffer with separation anxiety because when they are left on their own, if they've not been used to that, then that is something that they can struggle with. We do often see aggression between dogs from dachshunds to other dogs, I think it's because when you're quite little, other dogs can be quite scary. Um, Mm. And also, I've always found that house training is quite a challenge with Dachshunds as well.
0: Yeah, we get asked this all the time. I know. Um, Ours, I mean, they're not perfect, but they're not horrendous. No. But we know some that, you know, spoken to some of our followers and it it must be really hard. Um, I think if you do it from day
1: dot... yeah. Absolutely. To say they're such hardworking little dogs, he'll dig a hole and chase badgers and all of those yeah. things. They're not fans of the cold and wet. So if you get, mm. I mean, while we're recording this, it's cold and wet outside. It's miserable. They're not going to be big fans of going out to do their house training in this weather. So if you get a puppy in the winter, it's going to be harder. Any puppy's harder in the winter. Yeah. Summer wet, they're going to want to be outside a little bit more. Um, I think also because they're so low to the ground. It's harder to spot if they're actually weeing or not, just as a practicality. Yeah. Got a Labrador, when it's they go... It's quite through, obvious. Quite an obvious dip, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where, like sometimes you're like, oh, I missed it. And I didn't even, and I was watching them, but it's, yeah. it's a small movement. And I think that that doesn't help. Um, It's like when you teach them to sit, you're like, that, 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 that's it. Yeah. That's-
0: it's not a big just so close aren't they but not quite yeah
1: um
0: yeah so so a lot of those kind of behavior issues ring true with us really and well you'll know because we've seen you about them but um yeah it's it I think it's like you said we've like we've been to your puppy classes and stuff and we do what we're told um and, but you know, I think sometimes, again, like you've said, it's very difficult to train the the trait out of the dog if you know what I mean, well, yeah, you, yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's a balancing act, isn't it, because it is they are they are dogs at the end of the day and they were bred for a certain thing which has caused these traits and they will probably cause certain behavior characteristics as well so um, i think
1: that we're i don't know maybe it sounds like we're painting them in a the negative light and that is not how it not is. the case. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all all breeds have there's nothing specific to dachshunds that other breeds don't have smaller, yeah. smaller well harder to house train Um. so it's not that those dogs are that dachshunds are more challenging than any other. They're just slightly prone to... Different. Yeah. yeah. But I would say the gun dog breeds are actually more prone to separation anxiety than a dachshund overall. Oh,
0: really? How interesting. Yeah. And I would
1: say, from my own practice, cockapoo's in particular.
0: Mm-hmm. Make-
1: We've make- noticed that with clients yeah. as well. Makeup. So um, I don't want people to start thinking, oh, no, they're, they're like, oh, they're terrible. <laughs> they're not, not. at all. No. I wouldn't
0: have five if they were.
1: No, exactly.
0: Um... <laughs> so we also love mentally stimulating our dogs like you love mentally stimulating yours and you preach about it all the time and it, it is great um but how would fellow Dax and donors given their characteristics
1: and traits do this and how would it help their sausage so I tend to look at the breed of dog and what do they love to do? What brings them joy in life? So with dachshunds, we've already mentioned digging. So yeah. get some sandpit, pit, hide some treats in it and let them dig to their heart's content. You know, allow them to have that time to dig in a specific place, which isn't your flower beds or your grass or anywhere that you don't want them to dig. Hide things in it that they can find and be rewarded by. And that is going to encourage them to dig there it'll stop them digging where you don't want them to dig and it's going to um take a lot of energy to to do the digging so anything like that taking them places like sandy beaches where they can dig yeah a lovely form of enrichment and maybe something that you can add into your walks not just do at home so yeah yeah, I'm a big fan of those um they're the kiddie ones they're like a half clam like hard yes I know exactly the ones you mean we've Um, not got one of those
0: actually so for summer i think that's on our on your list on our list yeah
1: because
0: it's more like like you've just said it's exactly that more about doing things in a country like they love digging for example so make it that something that isn't a bad thing such as digging up your flower beds but turn it into something that works for you both
1: kind of thing absolutely absolutely love that on, obviously, on a wet, cold, windy day, that's not what you're going to do. But on a yeah. cold, it doesn't have to be nice weather. It just needs to be set up appropriately with that kind of play sand that's nice and soft. Yeah. And also, it does little things like it'll help file their na- ooh, file their nails down as well. Yeah. As well as enrichment. So, definitely things like that. I would get them using their nose. They've got a great little nose on them. Me <laughs> too, oh, yeah. Such a small dog. And setting up easy scent work in the house takes seconds so I'll just quickly go through how to set up like a little search for yes, this perfect yeah so, much fun. so if you've got two people one person holds on to the dog and the other person hides some fairly big treats pretty obviously around the room and then you release the dog and you say find it and then they they go and they'll find the three or four treats that you've obviously put on the floor and I guess
0: you can kind of make that more difficult once your dog's
1: used to it yeah exactly so once they use the the words find it meaning there are treats around to find you then start hiding them making them more challenging but I always let the dog see the setup to begin with so that it's nice and easy they
0: understand what they're meant to do yeah
1: once they've done that a few times then you can start having them out of the room make the searches a little bit easier again and then make them harder and harder and harder until they're really having to search high and low. Don't always just put them on the floor. If you've got little shelves or something, you can pop them on there. And yeah. Them inside things, putting them inside bits of recycling so they have to move things. Um, and then when the weather's nice, doing it outside as well. If they've got a favourite toy, you can start getting them to search for that. Um, but it's just a really easy way to get them searching, using their nose. And it really tires them out as well. I was just
0: going to say, when we do it with ours they're actually often just as tired from doing you know 15 minutes of scent yeah. work than they are from like an hour's walk it's just using different parts of their brain I, I suppose isn't That's it
1: exactly. and your your statistic there is it's almost spot on so it's oh, the, is it? yeah 10 minutes of scent work is an hour oh. walk. so there you right. go um so yeah it's because in their brain the olfactory part of their brain the bit that process is processes and um, smells is bigger it's bigger than ours and so they use a lot more brain power to, to do the searches wow that's yeah. so interesting um, um oh sorry i just gotta yeah, go the other bits so yeah um, just letting them rip things apart I use the recycling box at our house all the time boxes and things and just let them enjoy that shredding and ripping bits apart and um, and then once they've maybe ripped something apart they find a chew in it so they've done the ripping part and then they get the tutor to come again it's room. it's it's what they want to do but in a yeah. controlled
0: way isn't it
1: absolutely i mean you can go to the pet shops and you can buy a whole plethora of interactive feeding toys but these are just ways that people they'll have stuff around the house yeah that Um, you can do instantly yeah especially with kind of all the orders that people are getting in with paper and stuff in you can just yeah all those amazon boxes no exactly so Mm -hmm. yeah there's loads that you can do without having to necessarily spend a fortune on stuff as well
0: definitely no that's fab some great tips um So, obviously, at the moment, we've all seen the rise in puppies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You probably more so than anyone with your demand for puppy classes. Um, But just obviously don't want to go into too much detail on this, but what are your top tips for introducing puppies into a new home?
1: So, if you haven't got a dog already and you're getting your first puppy, I think, you can't be over prepared for it so my number one tip and the people that I work with who have the best success is to have a trainer involved before you even get the puppy we call them pre puppy appointments and it's just where you can chat through everything because what a lot of people find is they'll read all the websites they'll all say contradictory things they'll read that'll contradict something else. And none of it seems to work particularly in their house. So, or if they live in a flat, so it might not mention that. So it by having- differs again, yeah. Absolutely. So by having a trainer involved from the get-go, we can tailor things specifically to the puppy that you're getting, if that's a Dachshund, like what their specific needs are. And that's yeah. in that environment that they're going to move into. Make sure that you've got really good equipment lots of chews lots of toys if you're using a crate and a pen that it's an appropriate size so dachshunds you're going for the smaller ones small (laughs) diddy diddy we don't want them in the massive crate so they've got loads of room to wander around because they just end up weeing and doing all sorts don't they which isn't what you want um i'm not a massive puppy pad fan but some people do find them easier only because they encourage puppies to wee inside and as we've training a dachshund to wee outside is hard enough without teaching them that it's okay to first. yeah to there's always exceptions to that rule and that's not a hard and fast rule but if you live in a place where that you've got easy access outside you're better to just use it use. yeah absolutely yeah. and use your puppy pad strategically for when you're not there or overnights, um, but also puppies chew them you must know they
0: yes just to shred to be honest we normally get rid of them at about seven weeks yeah um, and start toilet training outside but even so now literally just as we were about to start this um they just have pulled all of them into yeah. their bed and it, it they start seeing them as a toy so at this point so this is kind of the time where i'm like right let's toilet train
1: absolutely and if you've got breeders like yourself who are helping with the toilet training speak to your breeder about what do the puppies choose to go on are they going on the grass do they go and then try and encourage that when you go to your house as well yeah
0: i always say that to like new owners i always say they've been going on the grass here so if you don't have some grass maybe buy some artificial like just a square of that um anything you can do really to to try and get them out yeah um so we also kind of because we've had dogs and then introduced a puppy into our house which is obviously very different if compared to someone that doesn't have a dog already um can what would you recommend in, in those circumstances
1: My preferred way of doing it, if at all possible, is to try and get the dogs, the puppy and the dog, to meet on neutral territory, rather than bringing a puppy straight into an existing dog's house. Yeah. Because it can sometimes be quite stressful for the existing dog. Um, If that's not possible, then just lots of treats. Well, in both cases of treats for any positive interactions for any ignoring as well it's just as important for puppies to ignore the older dog as it is for them to have positive interactions so if they can go off and sniff and they're not leaping all over the existing dog then you want to sprinkle some treats around so that they can that's then really interesting actually take that because we don't want them to be bombarding the existing dogs mm. um, too much so if they can have some independence then that is quite that's good
0: really choice. good yeah I never thought of that, to be honest. Especially with an older dog.
1: Yeah, so you don't you, want them all you, over them all the time. You, no. No, yeah, and sometimes so, it can be that the older dog's not necessarily that happy about a puppy coming into the house. So that's when I would use a lot of management as well. Baby gates, pens, crates are the top three because then if the puppy is getting too much for the older dog, then we can take the puppy away, give it some yeah lots of chews nice things to do so popping them in their crate or their pen is never a punishment it's just a time out um and then that will help to build a really positive relationship between the older dog and the puppy um yeah
0: so that leads us actually quite nicely onto my next question um regarding crates we've always used them just because a convenience um b like you said it is a they actually do really enjoy it but it is a way to kind of separate them if needed and but but what are your opinions on obviously you support the use of crates but
1: I do but they're not for everyone and there's There's no right or wrong. If you choose not to use a crate, then that's absolutely fine. What you probably need is a a puppy safe area. So a puppy safe kitchen, puppy safe utility room, something like that, where the puppy can go and have some time on their own. If people do decide to use a crate, then we're looking at slow introductions, building up the amount of time that they're in the crate with lots of positive stuff feeding, chews, Kongs, licky mats, that kind of thing. So that being in the crate is super positive and the dog is enjoying being in there. Um, I tend to, my my, like gold standard setup if people are using a crate is a crate with a pen surrounding it so that you don't have to shut the puppy in the crate to a and go from the crate into the pen but the entire area is still really safe and then building up the crate so you're shutting the door for like small amounts of time and then building that up yeah um, I try to persuade gently encourage owners to sleep with their new puppies for the first few nights so the puppy gets used to settling into their new environment um and isn't kind of taken from like your puppies that that you've got at the moment you've got five dogs and yeah. Five puppies, I remember that yeah but so there are yeah. 10 yeah. dogs and two people living in the house so then if they go from that environment to their new home let's say it's a single person with no other dogs and that person then goes to bed that's a huge change from the puppy yeah who is used to having lots of other dogs and a couple of people around to a situation when they're completely in a new environment, completely on their own. Um, So I'm always... Must be so scary for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So just getting people to realise that puppies shouldn't have to sleep by themselves for long periods of time. They'll probably need to get up for a wee in the night. So being there with them makes that a lot easier. You can have downstairs or sleep upstairs that doesn't matter but what it means is you don't have to lock the puppy in the crate that first night because sometimes people do that and it causes a bit of negativity with the trauma yeah and then it's really hard to come back from that so if people do decide to go down the crate training route brilliant you just have to introduce it slowly and gradually build it up but that can be problematic for a lot of people because they don't have necessarily the time or um, yeah the puppy to be on their own in the house sooner than maybe they could do it with the training so it's finding the balance i think but the, the standard is a crate with a pen like um cable tied to it and then going around it um so that you've got the best of both worlds there yeah
0: definitely oh cool um and in terms of socialization again we've been to your puppy classes and you do it in a really controlled way um and especially for dachshunds i think other dogs like you've already said can be overwhelming um just because and especially when they're puppies like they are tiny um there's not really that many other dogs that generally that are as small or smaller than, than Dachshunds, particularly as puppies, is there? So, Absolutely. so what's, sh- what's your kind of go-to for socialization? Cause you know, you see all these different classes popping up here, there and everywhere. And it's like, what do you, what do you look for?
1: So I think the thing that people think about socialization is that they have to Their puppy has to play with as many other dogs as possible in the shortest period of time possible. And I think what people need to realise is that socialisation is so, so, so much more than just playing with other dogs. And it is, that is one part of it. But people, experiences, places, transportation, different types of people, children, scooters, wheelchairs, different animals... That's socialisation. Socialisation is introducing puppies to everything that they might that they might encounter throughout their life. So whether that be dogs, yeah, horses, buses, yeah, crams, yeah. children, uh, people wearing face masks are obviously a huge one at, at the, the moment, moment. Yeah, and so it's all about um, thinking of all of those experiences and making all of those experiences as positive as as possible if they're thrown into puppy classes and there are plenty of them around which are a puppy free for all where you're not allowed to sit on the floor and comfort your puppy or be their safe space those are the ones that we want to walk away from as quickly as possible socialization should be controlled it should be managed you should be the safe space for your so if they feel overwhelmed they can come back sit on your knee and you can look after them it should be matched between um puppies they don't have to be the same size it's more about the kind of intensity of play it needs to be done carefully because we only have until they're 16 weeks old and with dachshunds it's probably even slightly younger with them being Mm -hmm. such small dogs I would be looking at like 14 weeks so you need to make sure that the experiences that they're getting in those first kind of six weeks with you are so positive and so carefully managed that there's no chance that they can go wrong with the puppy free-for-all parties which I see a lot of you are teaching your dog that if they're scared, they have nowhere to go and they have to fight back. And that's when you start... Oh, I hate the thought of that. I know, it's awful. Um, But it teaches the dog that they can't run away because they're obviously in an enclosed space. So once you take the option of removing themselves from the situation, then they go into fight mode. And that's when you start to see the grumbling and the growling. And then that Mm -hmm. can escalate. So by picking the right puppy classes that are run by experienced qualified dog trainers who take the time to understand puppies and don't just allow a massive running around with yeah that's what you need to look for cool also need to be aware of everything else that you need to do with socialization as well so yeah not just
0: relying on yeah that kind of half an hour session absolutely a week or whatever yeah
1: it's taking them to coffee shops and i know maybe if they're listening to this podcast when it's released, that is challenging because of the situation. But yeah. you can still take them, especially with Dachshunds, you can pick them up, you can take them to order a coffee, you can sit with them um, and have a coffee somewhere, you can take them to different parks, on different modes of transport. As much as you can do, um, it will... It I mean, up.
0: I remember when Apple was young and she hadn't had her second jabs yet, and we just... Went to book to Northumberland for the weekend, but she had obviously had the jab, so she couldn't go down. We just took a sling. Another great thing about having a smaller dog, such as a Dachshund, is that you can take them everywhere with you. So she saw all sorts, but still being safe. So
1: Absolutely.
0: it is super easy with Dachshunds, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely,
1: you know, if you had a great day, that would be slightly more challenging, <laughs> a bit more difficult but I also think when you do get a dog such as a Dachshund that they the thought process of oh it'd be lovely because they can go everywhere with them. Yeah, us. We can take them for coffee and we can take them to the pub and they can literally go wherever we want you need to plan for that you need to think when they're little we want to take them everywhere so they need to get saved. so let's do it now yeah you don't want to wait until and like you say a sling is perfect because you can go to a coffee shop they can sit on your knee you can carry them home exactly
0: yeah yeah. fab well that has just been even i'm sure every time i speak to you i learn something <laughs> new um so i'm sure that everyone will find this super interesting and if they take one thing away from it then that's a bonus i guess
1: isn't it absolutely absolutely oh it's been so much fun loved having you um thank you very much my pleasure my pleasure
0: Next week, we will have Michaela from our local pet shop, Posh Paws. So get your comments over, email us sausage squad at hotmail.com. If you've got any questions for her, she's going to talk all things food, toys, everything. So get your questions in now for next week. We are kindly sponsored by Sliderstock. They are a bespoke auction and e-commerce platform. So if you guys need them, hit them up at www.sliderstock.com.